Good morning. How you guys doing? Swell. That's what I like to hear. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys, some of you guys might remember this. When I, when I was a kid, uh, and some of you guys are like, that was like when I was an adult. Um, but when I was a kid, one of the things that uh, I really enjoyed doing, um, I, was, I was probably eight or nine years old, but I got this kit, and it was an AM radio receiver kit. And you built this little receiver where you could hear the radio, but you, you had all these random little pieces, like a little speaker, and then you had copper wire that you had to wrap around like a toilet paper roll, piece of cardboard, and it was all these scrapped items, but you put them all together, and you can, like, hear the radio. You could tune into the radio. And I remember as a kid, I was thinking, how is this going to work? Like, and I remember thinking if I could see the waves through the toilet paper roll or something. I was wondering, like, you know, because as a kid, you're just kind of imagining what it looks like, right? But I'm sitting there working on it and putting all the little pieces together. And then you, you like, touch the copper wiring to, like, find the frequency or you're trying to tune in. And I remember when I heard something coming out of the speaker. And it was just like static, but it was, it was something. And I'm like, oh, oh, there's something. That's cool, you know. And I was so excited. And then when I heard something like a voice coming out muffled, I got even more excited. Right? Wow, something real is coming out of this. And then as I was able to tune in to the frequency and find a station... And I heard clearly, like, people talking. And I don't even know what it was. Not anything that I really cared to listen to. It was probably like talk radio, you know, and NPR or something. And I'm eight years old, so not interested. But I would, when I found it, I just, the feeling of, like, affirmation of just, like, accomplishment was so huge. Like, I tuned into, I built a radio with my bare hands. And it was so cool to hear a voice coming out of this scrap, this like garbage that I kind of threw together um, with a lot of directions and instructions that came in a kit. But it was awesome, and I loved it, and it was, it was super cool. And I've realized in my walk with Jesus, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, it's a similar experience that... I know it's supposed to work. Like, it makes sense. I'm supposed to be able to hear God, right? God speaks. I'm supposed to have a relationship with him. All of that makes sense, just like this is supposed to be a radio. But there's some doubt. Like, I don't know if this is really going to work, right? I don't, I don't see how it works, how I tune in, how I hear and find God's frequency and hear God's voice. But I remember the first time it happened, the first time I heard the voice of God, um, it, it was so incredibly affirming to me that God, the righteous ruler of all the earth, King of kings and Lord of lords, the eternal one, the uncreated one, chose to speak to me, this pile of flesh and blood, right? God chose to spoke to me in the feeling of being seen and valued when I realized, wow, God does speak. And maybe you guys have had that experience of, maybe it was a scripture, you're reading the Bible and then God just spoke to you. The spirit of God just spoke straight through a verse and it spoke to your heart. Like, God is real. 
just in that moment, it was like, there is no doubt. He just spoke to me, and I heard his voice. God is real. Or maybe it was through a person who gave you a word, and it was the exact thing that you needed to hear at the exact right time. And it was from the Lord, and you're like, oh my goodness, whoa. God is speaking to me. Or maybe it was in your heart. But it's just an incredible experience to know that God wants to and that he would somehow in his omniscience and omnipresence and omnipotence take the time to speak to us. But part of that process of building that little transmitter receiver was tuning in, right? Finding the station, finding the frequency at which I could hear the people speaking or the music. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is, is tuning in. How do we find the frequency and, and, and the station, in a sense, of where God is speaking? So that's the title of my message this morning is tuning in. Now, this message is going to be a two-part message. We're in a series called Ears to Hear, and so we're talking about the art of listening for the voice of God. God speaks. We've established that. He's spoken throughout human history from the very beginning of time through Adam and Eve all the way till now. He is still speaking, and he invites us into a living relationship, that it is alive. He is a living God, and he invites us into a living relationship, a two-way conversational relationship with himself. And so we establish that God wants to speak to us because he wants intimacy, he wants us to know him, not just know of him, not know about him, but know him personally. And he invites us into friendship. How incredible is that? We talked about that last week. God called Abraham a friend of God, Moses a friend of God. And then he told his disciples, if you do what I command, then I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. So he invites us into a friendship he wants to speak to us. And then last week we talked about turning down the noise, right? There's so many things vying for our attention in this world, so many other voices that are speaking to us all the time, whether it be through the radio or whether it be through, um, you know, sports or entertainment or social media or politics or whatever it is. There's so many different voices, and we have to learn how to create distance between us and those other voices, because the noise will continue in our world, right? So we can't necessarily turn that down, but we can create distance. We can detach from all the things that are vying for our attention. We can prioritize solitude and then silence as well. So we can get into a place where we can hear the voice of God. And then today we're going to talk about, okay, so we do that. We know, okay, God speaks great. I want to hear God's voice. Awesome. I need it. I agree. Let's hear the voice of God together. I'm hungry to hear God's voice. And then I've created space. I've found a way to take time for solitude and silence so I can hear the still small voice of God. Now, how does God speak? How does God speak to us? How do we recognize the voice of God? So we're going to talk about that. Let's just take a moment and just pray over the word. Lord Jesus, we give this morning to you, Holy Spirit. 
I just ask that you speak to us. Father, our hearts are open to receive from you. Father, I ask that anything that comes from me will just fall to the ground and come to nothing, Lord, but that your words will remain. That they will be good seeds planted in good soil, bearing good fruit in our lives, Jesus. We surrender our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, and what you would have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So, how does God speak to us? How do we recognize the voice of God? I think this is a question that all of us should be asking if we're seeking a relationship with the Lord and seeking to hear the voice of God. How does God speak? Well, throughout Scripture, God has spoken in a lot of different ways. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that God's spoken in the Word of God. We see so many different examples of God speaking, and God isn't limited to one way of speaking to us. And many of you can attest to that, right? That God has spoken in a lot of different ways, a variety of different ways into your life. Because the point is, is God is seeking after us. He wants us to know him. So he will find a way. Sometimes when we're not listening, God will find a way to speak to us. Whether it's through someone else or through a book or through a message, God will get our attention. So we see in scripture, God speaks. He's spoken through an audible voice. In the Old Testament, you see that a lot. God speaking to Moses in an audible voice, to Abraham, to a variety of different people, the prophets, speaking to them audibly. Even in the New Testament, Jesus, when he was baptized, came up out of the water, and then God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God speaks. He's, he's spoken audibly. He speaks internally in our hearts, in our thoughts, and in our minds. And you see that in Scripture. You see God speaking through Scripture, through his written word, the Logos word, right? He's spoken his commands, and he reminded the children of Israel, hey, keep listening to my words by reading what I've spoken. Keep listening. I've spoken, and it's been written, so read and hear the voice of God. So God speaks through Scripture. He speaks through people. We've realized that, right? Whether it be wise counsel, like the Proverbs, or someone speaking from wisdom into our lives, God can speak to us through that. God can speak to us through prophecy, right? You see the prophets speaking as instruments of God's voice, dreams and visions. Acts 2.17, when Peter gets up and he preaches on the day of Pentecost, he, he talked about the prophecy from the prophet Joel, how when the Spirit of God gets poured out on all flesh, he says, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And we see God speaking through dreams with Solomon and with Joseph and through visions with Ezekiel and Isaiah and different prophets. So God speaks through dreams and visions. Supernatural signs, right? He spoke through a burning bush. That was a supernatural sign. He spoke through a bright light with Paul when he was on the way to Damascus. A bright light shone around him, and God spoke through that. And God even spoke through a donkey in Numbers 22. So God's spoken through a lot of different means and different avenues. But I would say the two primary ways where we can hear the voice of God in our lives, in our walk with Jesus, are through Scripture, right, the Word of God. We hear His voice in the Word speaking to us and in our hearts internally. So through the Word of God and the Spirit of God 
in our hearts. And this speaks to one of our values as a church, and that's the value of truth. We value truth, and our value says this, following the guidance of the word of God and the spirit of God. So we value truth, following the guidance of his word and his spirit. And we talked about it before, planning by the principles of God's word and living by the presence. So we make our plans in our life by the principles of what God has revealed in scripture, the things that we've learned about his character and what he desires of us and his commands. You plan out your life by the principles of scripture. And then when you're living life day to day in the moment, you're living by the presence of God, meaning our ears are attentive to what is God saying in this moment? How is God leading me in this conversation, in this context at work or with my family? God, what are you saying? What are you doing? It's turning our attention and acknowledging God with our hearts, opening up our lives. And when we do that, when we give God our attention, that's an invitation for him to come into those moments, right? So we're led by the word of God and the spirit. We plan by the principles of his word and then we live by the presence. So we're hearing both of those are avenues for which we hear the word of God and the voice of God. So the two parts to this message, first part we're gonna talk about today, how God speaks through scripture and through the word of God. And then next week, we're gonna talk about how God speaks internally into our hearts and how we discern that and hear God's voice in our hearts. Does that sound good? Yes? All right. You guys with me? All right. Awesome. Okay, so God speaking through Scripture. So why Scripture? Why the Word of God? Why the Bible? Well, obviously we know that we're invited into intimacy. God wants that friendship with us. And we see in Scripture that if we want to know who God is, who do we look at? This is not a rhetorical question. Who do we look at? We want to know who God is. Who do, Jesus. Yeah, that's the answer in children's church. You know, right? The answer is always Jesus. I was setting you guys up. You know, it's like a soft pitch up the middle there. You know, the answer is always Jesus, right? So with this what it is. So how do we know who God is? We look at Jesus, right? Jesus reveals God. So God complex. I mean, my goodness. How do we understand the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent creator of all the universe, eternal one with no beginning and no end. How, how is that even possible? Well, God has chosen to reveal himself through his son, Jesus. The most comprehensive revelation of God is the person of Jesus. In John 1.18, it says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Colossians 1.15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So he's the image, he's the visible image. We said this before. Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. So it's so great. God had so much grace and mercy on us to speak in a language that we could understand. God became a man. That's the mercy of God. Think about it. The Bible says that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He speaks in 
the language of the eternal. Like we are finite beings. We, like our brains can't grasp everything he is, right? It's like, it's like an engineer or a mechanic trying to talk to someone who knows nothing about ve- vehicles, right? And they're speaking a language that that person, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? Well, God speaks this language, but he has mercy on us and grace by sending his son so that we can see the life of a human being, Jesus, a man, and a living example, and then follow that example. It's the grace of God to us to speak our language. I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little under the weather, weather today, so if I seem a little off, that's what it is. So just be prepared. I don't have quite as much oomph as I normally do. All right. So so God reveals himself through Jesus. Okay, so what does that have to do with Scripture? Well, Scripture reveals Jesus. So we know God by looking at Jesus, and then we know Jesus by looking at Scripture. The most comprehensive revelation of Jesus is the Scripture. John 5, listen to what Jesus said about the Scripture. He said, you search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. He's saying the Scriptures point to me. They're about me. And he's talking to the Pharisees. He said, you're searching the Scriptures, but the Scriptures are pointing to me, and I'm the Son of God, and you're missing it. I'm here. All Scripture points to me. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 24. After his resurrection, he meets a couple of his disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? And it says in verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And in verse 32, it says, They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Jesus chose to reveal himself to his disciples through scripture. That's what he chose to use was the scripture. He says, you want to know who I am? Look. And he points them to the Old Testament scripture. And he shows them how all of the Moses and all the prophets points to himself and reveals him. So Jesus himself pointed to the scriptures to reveal himself. And then Jesus quoted scripture in his messages. And then when he was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, what does he do? What's his biggest weapon that he uses to resist temptation of the enemy? He says, it is written. He uses the word of God and he quotes scripture to combat the lies of the enemy. How do you fight against lies? With truth. So Jesus used the scriptures to reveal himself, and they pointed to him, the revelation of God to man. So scripture reveals Jesus. Jesus reveals the Lord. So the Old Testament, that's the Old Testament scriptures. And then you got the New Testament. The Gospels are literally the story of Jesus, right? His words, his life. We get to see him in action, God in action. If God were a human being, how would he act? We have an answer for that. We can look at Jesus. And so 
Jesus' life is revealed in the Gospels, and then the epistles, the letters of the apostles, are the teachings of Jesus passed down through the apostles, referencing his teachings. Jesus said in his great commission, teach them all that I've commanded you. And so everything, literally the whole of scripture, all of it points to Jesus and reveals him. That's why, that's why we look to scripture to know God. So God speaks through the Bible. That's why we call it the word of God. We call it his words because it's his words, literally his words transcribed. And God speaks to us through the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, you guys know this verse. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Psalms 119, 43, never take your word of truth from my mouth for I've put my hope in your laws. In Joshua 1.8, he says, don't let this word depart from your lips, but meditate in it day and night so that you might do all that is written in it. So he says, stay in the word, meditate on the word, keep it, for, keep it at the forefront of your mind. The psalmist was like, I, I have to have your word, I need it. It's sweeter than honey, your commandments are beautiful. I need them, I'm hungry for them. Keep them in my life, keep me aligned with your way. And that's what scripture does for us. So, how do we know when we're hearing God's voice in scripture? How do we know? Because you, you all know that you can miss it, right? There's plenty of people who've read scripture, misinterpreted it, or taken it out of context and come to a wrong conclusion, right? Look at the Pharisees. Jesus rebuked them. He said, you point to the scriptures, you memorize all of this, and then you missed me. It's all pointing to me, the son of God, and then when I show up on the scene, you miss me. So how do we hear God's voice? How do we keep ourselves and recognize the voice of God and keep ourselves from misinterpreting the word or coming to a wrong conclusion when we're reading scripture? Well, there's a lot of different ways to study the word. Okay, and, and many of you have probably used different forms of study, um, but I'm going to kind of go right up the middle, okay, today and talk about one that many of you understand or maybe you've heard of, and it's called inductive Bible study. So how do we recognize God's voice scripturally? So we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to talk about how we make it personal. All right, so first, three things, three steps. You guys, some of you guys could quote it with me. Observation interpretation, and application. When we're looking at the word of God, we want to observe, interpret, and apply. Okay, so we're kind of doing a classroom this morning, a little bit more teachy, okay? You guys with me? All right, all right. So observe, interpret, and apply. Observation. So what is observation? We need to ask ourselves the question, what does it say? I know that seems like a very common uh, question, but you'd be surprised at someone that could read a scripture and then say, this is what it means, and it means nothing that was in the scripture. What do the words say? So what does it say? What is the Bible actually saying? And then what is the context for what is being said? Okay, observe. So who's the author? Who wrote 
the book, 66 books in the Bible. Who is the author of that particular book? Let's say it's 2 Corinthians. So it's the epistle of Paul. So Paul wrote 2 Corinthians, and then who was the audience? Who was the audience? It was the church in Corinth, right? The people in that church, Christians in the city of Corinth who were following Jesus. So Paul is the author. He's writing to these people in this city in a certain time in history with a certain cultural context that he's speaking to them in. So it's important to understand context because this helps us understand things that might seem weird if we just read things. For whatever it says, we might miss the context. So who's the author? Who's the audience? Who's he speaking to? Uh, what is the theme? Like, what's he trying to get at? What is the author trying to address? So we know that Paul, in his letters to the Corinthians, were, he was addressing problems in the church, um, things that they were doing that were issues and that were harmful to that group of believers. So he was confronting those things and correcting them and giving them advice and telling them, don't do this, do this, right? So what is the context? What is the theme? Who is the author? Who's the audience? And what does it say, okay? Everyone following observation. So that's observation. Very simple, very practical. Second thing, interpretation. What does it mean? What does it mean? Now, this, you could answer this question in a lot of different ways. But what I'm getting at is, what was the original meaning? What was the intent from the original author to the audience? What was he trying to communicate to them? What was he trying to say to them in that context? What's its original meaning of, okay, it's not just how I'm interpreting it into my life. What was he actually trying to say to them in that time period and in that, in that context? So what does it mean? Uh, Eugene Peterson said this. I love this quote when it talks about meditating on Scripture. He said, meditation is the aspect of spiritual reading that trains us to read the Scriptures as a connected, coherent whole, not a collection of inspired bits and pieces. The Scriptures are the revelation of a personal, relational, incarnational God to actual communities of men and women with names in history. So it's like real people that it's communicating to. Paul was communicating to actual people. So what was his message? To the best of our understanding, to the best of our ability, understanding what is the original meaning. And then, then we're not going to get off into some really funky theological stuff because we know, okay, here's the context and here's what the author is communicating to the audience, the original audience. So we have observation, interpretation. There's a lot more we can get into, but we're just kind of scratching the surface here. So observation, interpretation, and the last one, application. Application. And this is the question where the Word of God starts to come alive to us a little bit more. And that's the question is, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? So we understand what what the communication was to the original audience. And maybe it's the same thing. Maybe when you read it, he, Paul's talking about, don't lie. And you're like, hey, maybe I should stop lying. You know, like that, that's okay. It's okay for that to be what it means for you in that time. But God is also a living God, and he is personal, 
And so he has a way of taking a truth that is an eternal truth, right? Because truth is eternal. It doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like God, as it is constant, right? And man, doesn't our culture need some truth today? Wouldn't you agree? And I think we're hungry for it because there's a lot of people saying, hey, there's truths out there, lowercase t. Everyone has their own truth. What's your truth? That, that doesn't even make sense, but what's your truth? No, facts can change, right? But truth remains the same. It is eternal. It is capital T. Jesus literally said, I am the truth, right? God's words are true. They are constant. And I think in our world, we're hungry for something that is transcendent, something that is sacred, something that is stable, right? There's no stability when everyone has their own truth. There's nothing to hang your hat on. There's no rock. There's no firm foundation. And that's what truth is. It is constant. It is him. It is God. It's his words. And so we're hungry for it. We need it. And so God takes an eternal truth and then he makes it personal. Isn't that awesome? Again, the grace of God. Not only does he reveal himself through Jesus, not only does he give us the word of God, scripture, that we can look to and understand who he is in his character and who Jesus is, but then he takes scripture and truth and the spirit of God then takes that eternal truth and applies it to our specific situation, our specific life, and what it is that we're facing. Man, God is so full of mercy and grace. So there is, so we could end it at this. We could say, okay, that's it. So I'm going to observe, interpret, apply. An application could just be something that is a rhetorical question to ourselves. We say, okay, what does this mean to me? Hmm, let's see, what does it mean to me? Uh, I think it means this, this, and this. I think, I think it means this or that. And it's us asking ourselves a question. So it can either end there and be informative, or we can make it personal and we can activate our faith and invite the voice of God into that moment to speak to us. So application, that question can either be a rhetorical question or it can be a prayer. We activate our faith. What do I mean by that? We're reading scripture, but we do so by doing this. First, we acknowledge that God is alive. He's living and breathing. Second, we acknowledge that that living God is in me. He's right here. He's in my heart. He's close. The, the one who wrote the scripture, the one who inspired, who breathed on the word of God and made it alive, that God is in me as I'm reading scripture. So I'm acknowledged that God is alive and that the living God is within me as I'm reading his words. So then, instead of just going through the motions, we start our, our scriptural reading with prayer. Jesus, speak to me through your word. God, I am listening for your voice in Scripture. 
And then when we're reading the word, we read it as if God is speaking these words to us because he is. That's what's amazing. It's not untrue. And then we're listening for the voice of God as we read. And what that does is it opens up our heart to the spirit of God for him to highlight, for him to drop truths in, for him to, to make it personal. All these different things can happen when we activate our faith in study of the word. So application is prayer, and it's an invitation to conversation. Application, when we ask that question, it's an invitation for a conversation. So we're reading the word, we're, we're prayerfully reading scripture, we're listening to the voice of God as we're reading it, and then we, we, we're, there's a truth revealed, right? We're, we're hearing the truth of God, eternal truth in the word, and then we say, all right, God, I see this truth. God, what are you saying to me? What, what, are you, what are you speaking to me about this truth? And like I said, it could be very apparent or it could be something completely different that we didn't see because the spirit of God knows our hearts. And then God speaks to us. And what that does is it's an invitation for that conversation. It begins. We speak to him and then he speaks to us. And then it becomes alive, a living relationship through Scripture. And we begin to recognize God's voice in that. Amen? All right, so I want to close with this. This is a living relationship. We're engaging with a living person, so we need to learn to recognize their voice just like maybe you would recognize uh, your mom's voice, right? You'd be on the phone. They don't have to introduce themselves. You immediately know who they are when you hear their voice. That's our aim in our walk with Jesus, that we can begin to recognize what his voice sounds like. So then when God speaks to us in the moment, in a situation, then immediately we can recognize, ah, that's the voice of God. Because he's alive. All spiritual disciplines, all spiritual disciplines like the reading of scripture, prayer, worship, anything, all spiritual disciplines have the potential to be dead religious practices. They all have the potential to be. It's not what God wants. It's not what God invites us into. But any spiritual discipline can be a dead religious practice if we don't engage our hearts and our faith. It can just be empty. We see that with the Pharisees, right? They weren't alive to God. They didn't even recognize the Son of God amidst them, but... They did a lot of spiritual disciplines, and they were dedicated. When there's not any faith, when our heart isn't activated, um, we miss the opportunity, I think, for relationship. And it just becomes a moral discipline. We, we begin to live morally. It's moralism. We, we do good things. We do right things. And that's good. That's great. It's a great place to start, but God wants friendship. But that requires faith that we can hear him and that God is speaking to us in scripture and, in other, and through other mediums. Our goal in scripture, and you see this a lot of times, it's easy to do, is that when we're studying the word of God, it can become about information. 
It's like, I want to learn something new, which is great. I love, like, I love history. History's awesome. Any, any history lovers in the room? Yes? No? A few of you. Okay. You're like, no. <laughs> but I love history. I love to learn new things. Right? But the study of scripture isn't just about information. Our aim is transformation. We want to let the word of God transform us. That's God's goal. That's what he wants for us, to be conformed into the image of his son, Romans 8, 29. Not to just know God, that's important, but to also be like him. So our goal when we're reading scripture is transformation rather than information. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. Union with Jesus. That's what we want. We want to know him and we want to be like him. And that's the opportunity we have when we study the word of God. So, I want to close with this passage of scripture. And I kind of want to take this passage and it's in Psalms 119. If if you ever want to be inspired to study the Word of God, read Psalms 119. It's awesome. It's talking about the beauty of God's commands. It's, it's wonderful. And by the way, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, so make sure you have some time. But Psalms 119, I want to read this passage of Scripture as a prayer over us together of the Word of God. And we're just going to receive it in our hearts. So would you mind just bowing your heads, closing your eyes? I just want us to receive this word. Psalms 119, 105 through 112. It says, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. Everything's falling apart on me, God. Put me together again with your word. Adorn me with your finest sayings, God. Teach me your holy rules. My life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you've revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift and how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have and always will. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, that you speak to us. Lord, I pray that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that when we look at the Word of God, when we meditate on it, when we study it, God, that it's an active, living relationship with you, that we open up our hearts to hear the voice of God as we study the Word. Lord Jesus, give us grace, Father, Lord, to create space and then give us the faith that we need to hear you speaking to us in the season of our life that we find ourselves in, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us into friendship. 
we ask you, God, that you speak to us even this morning and this week, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close with a little time of worship. So if you want to just stand to your feet, we're going to worship God and close out our time. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Lord, I pray, Father God, again, that we plan by the principles of your word in our lives, God, and we live by your presence, by your voice speaking to us, Father. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, that you chose to reveal yourself as a man through Jesus, and then you went even further and you revealed Jesus through your scripture, Father. And thank you, God, that you speak directly to us. Jesus, that you made a way that we can come right into the presence of God and we can know you in all of your glory, Father. We love you, Father God, and we bless you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I just encourage you guys, just as a challenge this week, Dive into the Word. Dive into the Word of God. If you're not used to reading your Bible, uh, or that's something new to you, or it's maybe you did it in the past and it's been a while, uh, start with the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is a great place to start. Start in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John. Read through that. Maybe just take one chapter a day. Try to read a chapter and just meditate on it and do what we talked about. Observe, interpret, and then just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? As I read this, and then journal. 
If you have a journal, write it, write in a journal something that God puts on your heart, something that he highlights to you. And maybe there's a specific verse that really stands out to you. Take that and think about it. Mull it over, meditate on it, and then write down anything that God speaks to you. Keep track of that because, man, those are important things. So dive into the word this week. Take some time of solitude. Get alone and get into the word of God. And let's just cultivate a hunger for God's word together. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And I'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.